Welcome back to A Life Economy, dedicated to exploring where technology, spirituality, and consciousness converge to create a more beautiful world. I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy during this coronavirus crisis. Time has certainly become a strange, amorphous blob. At least for me, I am grateful to have extra time to really settle down and focus in on building healthy habits, getting more organized and scheduling out everything that I need to get done, where I need to learn, where I need to grow. Spending so much time indoors, it's rare that we get an opportunity like this to really do some deep inner reflection to see what habits are serving us and what's not working. At least I'm really grateful for this moment to reevaluate everything that is helping me and not helping me and to come back into balance. And you know what? As screwed up as all the death and sickness that this coronavirus is bringing us, I think that there are some silver linings in the ways that we are all coming together as a community, at least online. You know, live streams are really blowing up. People are doing Zoom chats and Skype calls and we're finding ways to support each other. And that is really beautiful. So with that, I'm happy to introduce our next guest, Neil Gar. He is the co-founder of a website and platform called Portal to Ascension, which provides webinars and online events for consciousness, spirituality, ancient history, advanced technology, and so much more. You can check out their website at portaltoascension.org. And we recorded this interview at the Portal to Ascension conference, which happened uh, over the summer. It was actually kind of uh, not two reasons. It's taken me a while to uh, finally edit and record this. Um, but here we are, grateful to get this out. And thank you to Neil as well for uh, offering us the room to record this podcast. As always, if you're enjoying this show, we would greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Okay, now please enjoy our conversation with Neil Gar. I'd love to understand a little bit about your journey towards some of the more occult and esoteric type of information. I understand mm -hmm. that you were you started your career more in the financial in services industry. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So, um, well, I went to college 2000, right? And I was there for four years. I graduated a few different jobs here and there. But when I got my first actual job in like the corporate world, it was a financial analyst and then um, a compliance for stockbrokers where I was making sure they had the test done and all that. And then in 2008, when the stock market crashed, I got laid off from my job and I had to reinvent myself. You know, I'd been on the journey already for seven years since 2001 on learning information on these topics, but I had to reinvent myself. I became a web designer. And because I became a web designer, I created my own website and I was also doing social media and marketing um, on these topics, you know, Portal to Ascension. But to answer how I got into the occult, it was really about, um, well, three people that I, I give credit to finding their videos was Jordan Maxwell, Nassim Haramain, and Jim Self. And the three of them really in, uh, encompass a really full circle 
aspect of awareness. Like Jordan Maxwell, for example, he is talks like specifically about the occult. He's really into all of that, and he exposes the financial fraud, exposes the bloodlines. Nassim Haramein talks about quantum physics, and he proves through mathematics the oneness of it all. We, you know, in New sure. Age, we say oneness. Right. In quantum physics, the singularity. It's the exact same thing. That Jim Self was like talking about the Merkaba light body and how you can travel interdimensionally. So that was where I started. I went into William Henry after that. But Jordan Maxwell's information and others really st stuck true to me because I always knew that there was something like kind of off on the world, like what's going on. I didn't feel quite right. And then when I found out about the history of the, the Sumerian scriptures and how stories from the Sumerian scriptures were actually in um, text that were in other Bibles that say that it's the first time it was ever written. For example, the Christian Bible and the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is actually the original story of Noah, but it talks about Gilgamesh being an extraterrestrial hybrid. So I was like, wait a second, either all religion is completely wrong because it comes from these mythological stories that um, that is the exact same story, but just with different characters, or maybe we're from the cosmos, right? Maybe we're tapped into some sort of extraterrestrial awareness, like the, the Sumerians were saying. But this brought me into the idea of bloodlines and the bloodlines covering down from Sumeria to Egypt, to Rome, to England, to the kings and queens, to the presidents of the United States. And it seemed that there was this controlling aspect of this families that kept trying to like impose their will upon us. And this took me down the occult. It took me down into real fear even for until 2008. I was basically had seven years of conspiracy theories. I was really into the fact that the, the Illuminati could be out to get us, you know what I mean? And then ultimately in 2008 is when I had another awakening experience and it shifted and Portal to Ascension was created. Amazing. And what what shifted you out of that fear? There was an experience with, um, okay, so in 2008, I was at an open mic in Fullerton, California. And I th this is actually where I met my wife too. And there was a guy on stage, he was a, a friend of mine that basically was hosting the open mic and hosted a few of them. And he sang a song called My Name is Love, right? And even though I was into all this stuff, the occult, esoteric, it's all spiritual stuff. It's all about love. It's all about vibrations, about God consciousness, dimensions, whatever, right? It's good stuff. But I was still into the fear. So there was something missing, right? And in that moment, I realized missing link was love, you know? Mm. And it shifted me from, like, the fear to the bigger picture of why this happened in the first place, um, the concept of duality and us as humans choosing to incarnate onto this planet to experience duality and have that contrast. So on the higher dimensional levels, the earthly experience of suffering wasn't really a bad thing after all. It was kind of what we signed up for. Uh. And the way to really shift the suffering is to have... Um, the higher perspective of the fact that, you know, this is where we're here, we all came for this experience, but still actually take informed action to make changes. Because if you come from an, um, where I came from before, they screwed us over, they screwed us over, I'm going to create these events in order to change it. All I'm doing is energizing exactly what they want, which is creating more victim consciousness. So this event is called Portal to Ascension. It's not called UFO Conference. It's not called Disclosure Conference. It's not called Ancient History Conference. It's called Portal to Ascension because the premise of it all is that we're going to teach you some hardcore truths. Some of them may actually blow your mind and make you be like, dude, uh, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this to us. But when we have the whole premise of the purpose we came to this reality, who we are, where we came from, channeled information all the way to ancient scriptures explaining like how divine we are, then we can actually change that victim conscious reality and really create some change on earth. Right. That's 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 lovely. And it actually lines up very much with some of the earlier conversations we were having today. Mm -hmm. What does ascension mean to you? 
That, thanks for asking that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the name of your website and the name of yeah, this conference. Yeah. So, because what? Did, okay. Did you want to say something the, else? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's many different perspectives yes. on it. Let's say. Yeah. So, um, as I said earlier, that I could have named it something else, but I called it Portal to Ascension, not only to brand our organization, but because it's about the ascension, not about one aspect, right? I can't do a UFO disclosure con and have ascension in it. Ascension encompasses everything. Um, ascension isn't a place or a destination. Some people have an aversion to the word ascension because they're like, oh, well, why are you thinking about something in the future or it's too woo-woo for them? But what they don't realize is ascension is happening every day. It's our own personal evolution. You know, you're transcending things, you're ascending in every single moment as long as you're growing and learning. That's one form of ascension. There's a collective ascension where we're all evolving Collectively, we're on this planet, we're learning more, we're getting new um, technologies that we can use to change the world, we can terraform the planet, we can um, we can change the monetary system, we can do so many of these things. We're ascending in the elements of the fact that we have these um, new ideas that really aren't new, but they're coming back to us now that we can utilize in order to create a world that's good for everyone. But it's not about waiting for what's to come. Ascension is truly, if I could put it down to just one simple sentence, it would be being in the moment. And it's interesting because if we're talking about ascending and going somewhere, why am I talking about being present? Because the universe is really operates on a paradox that the whole concept of something in the future will only happen if you can live in the present now. So right. the more we're in this present moment and we, the less we care about creating this world from a place of triggered like suffering... Right. Right. And the more we're present with who our relationships, people around us. And if we all did that on the planet. Right. Just imagine what world we could create. Yeah, you're exactly right. We can, of course, we can imagine the future and remember the past. But ultimately, when we get there. It's still the present. Mm -hmm. You can never really escape the present. It's just the present moment is continuously evolving. And it's through the acceptance of that and not having any resistance to whatever you're situation is whatever mm -hmm. out quote unquote outside event or circumstances and to be fully uh yeah present mm -hmm. it's it's a whole new kind of consciousness exactly. and and it seems like that's very much what we're you know exploring here at the conference yeah exactly it's really about yeah it's about being present in the moment and just uncovering all these truths man honestly like when i look and see poverty um but not poverty from people who choose to live a way where they're just living off the land and they don't make money because on GDP standard, they're still impoverished people because they're not making certain money. I'm sure, talking about sure, yeah. like the lack mentality, right. not having, and then people who can't eat, people who just don't, not that they live, if you're living in a tent in the forest, great, but if you live in somewhere where you need a shelter on your head and you can't get it, there's no reason for us not to. China has a whole entire village that they did for fun, 3D printed village just to prove they can do it and no one lives there. Wow. Right. So it's just like, yeah. why are we doing this corporate greed and experimentation on the humans? So what's the connection between the evolution of consciousness and the economy? So when I first got into this awareness and up until 2012, a lot of people were into the concept of some great events going to happen. Even me, like some in 2012, some people went down to Chichen Itza because they believed December 21st, 2012, there were going to be extraterrestrial craft that manifest over Chichen Itza and Kutsukado was going to come back down because that was the prophecy, right? So people were waiting for this huge spiritual experience. As time progressed, as I got older, I realized it might happen slower. And then when I look at the world and how everything like stock market money is based on speculation. We don't own the money in our, in the 
Uh, we don't owe the money in the U.S. The gold backing's taken off. We're just setting ourselves up for destruction. So what I feel the catalyst may be is a financial collapse that what people need are the basic needs met. And in order for us to have these basic needs met, when we have these basic needs met, we get out of the lack mentality on some level and we're able to focus on other things like our relationships, our spirituality, and we're not on that fight or flight survival mode. The monetary system has really been created in order to create that, you know, fight or flight thing and leave us in a place where we can't really sustain ourselves. So when, if and when the financial system collapses and something else is implemented that is utilizing new technology, new awareness for humanity, I feel we can get to a level that we have our basic needs met that people can start focusing on other elements. But a lot of corporations, organizations, and um, things that we utilize now that really aren't efficient or aren't needed at all, I feel will also collapse in that in those times that we're going to create new structures, we're going to create new technology, certain things won't be needed anymore. And when that happens, when that happens, that's when we're going to have the time, you know, automation and all that thing, when people say they're not going to have jobs anymore. But what it really gives us is the opportunity to really focus on what matters and, you know, connect back to the land. So the financial system, I feel, may even may be the thing that actually drives people to the evolution of consciousness because evolution of consciousness is everything you know the financial system is a part of our reality and our existence now and we're evolving in our consciousness therefore it's a huge lesson to have who doesn't have a relationship with money right who doesn't have a relationship with abundance who doesn't isn't in lack or in um, prosperity and is their money and their incomes and what they can afford to buy a huge part of their life Yes, it's an everyday thing, like all day we're thinking about it and doing it. So why wouldn't that financial aspect be some sort of cosmic lesson even for us to transcend so that we can figure out how that we can live in abundance, you know? Right. I love how you're describing the economy and changing the economy as uh, almost in metaphorical terms, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at it from the more of like a meta narrative perspective of like, okay, well, yes, we're dealing with these challenges and... Uh, we are super disconnected from each other and from nature and we uh, overvalue this thing we call money, which isn't even really real mm -hmm. at the expense of our own health and the safety <laughs> of our children. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and so we ask why and what is, what is the, the, the greater lesson in this from a more, say, cosmic or, or spiritual perspective? Yeah. Well, you're, you're kind of getting at that, but so, what do you think that might be? Once when it's funny because I was at a Jordan Maxwell event in 2008, right? And this is like 2006. And um, someone sat next to me and she was like some Tantra practitioner. And she said that, you know, a lot of people can't transcend or ascend until they work out two things in life. And the two things that really help us get the spiritual growth is finances and relationships. And I thought of it for a second, and then I'm like, I guess that makes sense. Finance is a huge component in our life. There's some sort of lesson to be had there. How do you live in a way where you're not like hoarding, right? Because even if you're if you're a hoarder and you need to hoard your money away because you're afraid that something's going to happen later in the future, right? And what happens if you have a, a lot of money? Where is the balance in you um, giving back to people and then also making sure you have enough for yourself, but also making sure you save some away without having any fears associated with that whole aspect of everything? So to answer your question, there is no direct answer because everybody has such a unique perspective on it and a unique experience. But I don't feel like anything was implemented falsely, even though 
linearly speaking and third dimensionally speaking, the monetary system was implanted onto us and was not a progression from the barter system, which is what they want us to believe. They want us to think that we were bartering and then we went into money and then money was just an easier way to exchange goods. But what happened was we were bartering and trading and everything and the monetary system was imposed by an elite. So onto us. And if you feel that we as humans actually evolved into making money our own thing, you might, you won't be as upset as if you knew that we had a better way to live and then it was actually imposed on us. Right. So if you control the history, the past, you control yeah. people's perspective of the present and you can create the future, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're referring to a lot of these concepts that Michael Tellinger is talking about yes. with his whole Ubuntu contributionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this conference is is very much about you know evolving consciousness. Yeah, consciousness. Uh, what are some tips, tricks, pro- techniques that y- have been successful in your life that yeah. maybe you could share with with uh, right, right, people, right. with listeners? I have been on a lifelong journey to attempt and figure out a way to release traumas that I thought were imposed onto me by outside people. I done hundreds of different techniques. I've gone to the Amazon jungle for 14 days and done seven days of ayahuasca. I've done all types of stuff and things have helped me in the moment. And then things have helped me that could have lasted, but I didn't have the energy or the willpower to continue with it afterwards. Like the jungle experience afterwards, I didn't do the follow-up stuff for ayahuasca and a lot of elements of myself, I reverted, right? So there there are many tools and techniques. I, psychedelics, I really, really love and I do um, recommend that, but I would... If I, I would never say to anybody on a radio station, go to psychedelics, but I would sure. have a two hour conversation with someone, really figure them out and then say, go do psychedelics or tell them what to do or tell them who to do it with. You know what I mean? Because some people are like, psychedelics are great, go do it with your kids. Like you can't just go all the way there, right? And But the one thing that really worked was silence, silent meditation. I've done four 10 day silent meditation retreats and I've done two in the last six months. And in the, in the year from six months ago, I would have spent 30 days in silence in the woods. So I'm doing another 10-day one in a bit. Wow. And um, there's something called gray matter in our brain that gets created from trauma, and it fragments us. And this is like linear science again. And the fragmentation is the spiritual component that, like, you know, we're, like, not really here. And um, they found out that complete silence actually fixes those parts of your brain. And I had that experience in not this last one, but the one before that, Vipassana is called. It's completely free, donation-based. Uh, you can donate or not do anything. 10 days, you get shower, food, everything, like everything's taken care of. Men and women are separated, so you don't have any distractions. So what worked for me, because I can't meditate every single day like a lot of people do. I just like, I, I'm like, I have too much energy in order to do that. I'm, I'd rather facilitate a meditation and do some sound healing with my own energy than sit in silence, right? So what I do is I take time because I'm so busy with like, we create 110 events a year. So I take time like 10 days every six months. And I just go off the grid and I connect with nature. I just stay in silence. And at the Vipassana meditation from 4.30 a.m. till 9 p.m. we're meditating. It's around nine hours of sitting a day. And um, last the time before last when I went there, I had this huge experience where I like embraced my inner child. And I realized at that point that my inner child was actually driving my life. I was actually knew that, but I never like actually imagined it in my mind's eye. And then all of a sudden I saw my, my, my little child hugging my adult self. And then we all became one and turned into a DNA spiral. And then I felt like my adult self took the seat. Wow. You know, that's amazing. So so let me um, simplify for people who want to 
actually do something and, you know, maybe taking 10 days into the woods isn't something they can do right now. Even sure. though I recommend taking it because it's free and you can just drive there and there's a hundred of them all over the world, you know, so I do recommend Vipassana. Everybody should Google it if they can. But another component is just living life in compassion, checking yourself in certain moments and um, really like having knowing how your mind works. Whatever you feel you need to do to know how your mind works and then figure out a way not to judge yourself for that. Because it's not like, oh, I just did that and I did this to that person. Oh, God, I'm such a bad person. I need to. Oh, I hate it. I'm trying to like evolve. I was like that for freaking 10 years, dude. And then I've, I got to a place where even if I mess up, even if I'm insecure, even if I have an awkward moment, even if I say something unfair, I can still be loving and compassionate to that person to apologize, but not judge myself for what I did at all. Right. To have compassion for yourself and for yeah. others is, is super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it's a, a it's a long journey for some people, but there are also people waking up and in six months they're having huge downloads of everything, right? So it's it's really a personal thing, but that's what worked for me. Yeah. Have you ever fasted? Yeah, I've done fasting quite a few yeah. times. I've done water fasting. I've done intermittent fasting. Yeah. I've done juice cleanses, things like that. Yeah, I actually just last week did ended a, a one week, a one week uh, water fast. First time I've I've done that, and I feel totally different. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. It heals your organs, man. Yeah, you know, intermittent fasting alone, which is the same thing. Fasting shows that after a certain amount of hours, your body starts healing itself because so much of your energy of your body is actually focused on your digestive system. So what happens when you don't? That's why a lot of people that have cancer and go to these intermittent fasting places, they get re cancer reverted because they uh, are doing these things where the digestive energy is now going to healing other parts of their body. Yeah. So I know you have to go. Anything, any last words you'd like to share? Yeah. So our website is portaltoascension.org, uh, portaltoascension.org. But the best thing for everyone to do is really Google portal to ascension and add everything they find. <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, YouTube, we're putting out like three, four videos a week. And what can people expect to find there? Exactly what our name suggests, uh, a portal to ascension in regards to every aspect of awareness, conscious nutrition, sacred sexuality, um, deep underlying truths about the secret space program, um, ancient civilizations, elongated skulls from Peru, um, humanoids that existed on Earth with um, with us that weren't the same species that somehow vanished, um, uncovering space anomalies that are look like there's been civilizations all over our solar system, not just Mars. And today at 8 p.m., Billy Carson is going to do a presentation on where he's going to show some space anomalies from the uh, from the uh, sorry from the solar system uh, on different planets, not just Mars, including Titan, that actually show evidence of advanced civilizations there. So it's really my truest passion, biggest passion is ancient history. And I was always into history. And then when I found out the history I was being told was BS and that there was a deeper element to it, I got really excited, you know. Mm -hmm. And now, um, so I love to bring ancient history as the beginning component to learning everything else, the extraterrestrial part and the spiritual part. Well, it's a great website and great conference. And thank you again for uh, letting us use this room and mm -hmm. for allowing us to be here. It's been uh, a great day filled with awesome conversations and uh, hope to continue many more. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cosmo. Appreciate you, brother. Awesome. That's our show. Thank you so much to Neil for hosting this conversation at his conference. And if you're curious to learn more about what he's up to, please take a look at portaltoascension.org. We'll see you in a few weeks. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a wonderful rest of your day.